Legally Bound, a podcast hosted by a married couple, Andy and Katie Tricasky. Lawyers, veterans, national news personalities, parents of five crazy kids, and unintentionally comedians. On tonight's episode of Legally Bound, we're still in quarantine. So that brings up the question, want to get high? Any how's quarantine going? That's a really loaded question. Um, no pun intended based on the topic of the episode tonight, but I, I mean, honestly, I can't complain at this point. I, I wish that I had something more to say besides, you know, it's funny. This is our <laughs> life. This is what we normally yeah, do. This is not most weeks. This is not out of the ordinary yet, which is, it's a little bit weird because I'm like, well, okay. It's like, it's almost like been reauthorized that I can live like this. But the truth is we really haven't changed that much of our lifestyle and or business because we just, we're just always here anyway. Now, a couple more weeks of it and things will feel no, a lot it's different. It's getting because, weird. I mean, that's what, what typically happens is I'll travel for work. I do like a week or so at a, at a trial and then I come home and I'm home for a couple of weeks. And then when I'm home, I'm just home. And when you're gone, I'm just home. So I'm actually always here, basically. I'm literally always here. So it's really settling in on a Friday night when we're not out having a dinner or a drink or out with friends or something that we're actually just stuck here. Yeah, it's starting to really sink in. I think, I feel like the weekend is going to be a lot more difficult than the weekdays because weekdays, I'm, we've still been, I mean, we've been working, um, you know, it's different because people are on different schedules. Some people aren't working. It's not the same, but yes. And we'll talk about that. Actually, the law, the law persists in some form or fashion. You know, I think one of our future episodes is going to be what happens to all these criminal trials. You know, what, Mm -hmm. what's going on with people who want to go to trial very quickly and have a right to do that. But on tonight's show, one of the things that uh, we saw a lot of memes about and caused us to start thinking about it was with this quarantine, um, marijuana dispensaries in California will remain open as essential entities. Has that been confirmed or I was did that? Confirm it. Oh, it's confirmed. It's yeah. really true. It's true. It's like a medical service. Yes. That is amazing. I feel like wh- whoever the marijuana lobby is in California is everything. They are everything, but that's, that's great. I mean, if that's what you're into and we'll talk all about it. I'm having some wine myself right now. It's the evening and it's quarantine. So does it really even matter what time it is? Probably not. So we have a special relationship with the idea of the illegality of marijuana because as military prosecutors, back when we were what we'd call baby Jags, the first thing you're introduced to typically in trial work is marijuana use prosecution. Yeah. So let's back up in the military. This is a fact. It's still a fact today. It is illegal. It's a federal crime to use marijuana, to use any controlled substance, including marijuana. No, it doesn't matter that states, some states have legalized marijuana. It is still a crime under the uniform code of military justice, which is the law that governs all the conduct of military members. So that's still the case, folks, in yeah, case but, you didn't get the but memo. Here's, here's what will take you to one kind of other level. Even though it used to be illegal or drugs might be illegal generally in the United States, when when you're arrested 
and they test your blood. That doesn't really, they can't like arrest you, test your blood and then prosecute you for the fact that it was in your system. Right, in the military, right, right. people have to give random urinalysis yes. uh, tests. And if that comes back positive, they will potentially take you to a trial potentially for using and, just because it was in actually, your system. Yes, yeah. So in, re, in civilian life, in the rest of society besides the military, you can't be prosecuted for using drugs. You can be prosecuted for possessing drugs, but not using them, not having it in your system. So in the military, and he's right, it's a whole other level of illegality. And the military takes it very seriously, although I think even they've evolved. And that's what we wanted to talk about tonight. So when we were first in the Air Force as as JAGs, as Andy said, we put people in prison. That was the first 15 cases I had. In prison for using marijuana one time. Criminal court martial cases I was on. Yeah, were, they're called were low level these, drug these use cases. cases. They're they're known as what they're called naked urinalysis cases. That's what the the kind of slang term is when you have a case against a person and the only evidence you have against them is a urinalysis test that shows a positive result for some sort of controlled substance, marijuana, cocaine, you know, whatever it might be. So as a kind of beginner prosecution you would try a naked urinalysis case. That's kind of the entry level, put people in jail. See if you can put this guy in jail. That's right. Or gal. There's gals. There's some. Um, I mean, not a lot of women in the military statistically compared to men, but yes. So if you can, if you can achieve this goal, put this person behind bars, then we'll give you a more exciting case perhaps. So that's exactly what happens. And they'll, they'll graduate you from that to then you have a small drug ring. We'd have, we'd have lots of drug rings rings. in the military. And what a drug ring in the military is, is this Uh, one guy. (laughs) Well, in some cases, let's uh, caveat. Yeah. The majority of what I'm talking about and the majority of what we saw as prosecutors. Mm -hmm. So one guy's cousin one day had a little bit extra marijuana and gave it to the guy in the military who then asked a couple of his friends if they'd like to share it with him. And that's drug distribution. That's a drug ring in the military. Right. There's like a, a drug kingpin involved. Yes. If, if the person that acquires the drugs is like the kingpin. And so, one of the saddest stories I remember is prosecuting one of those guys as the drug kingpin. And he was part of the base security personnel, which meant that he was just one of the guys who kind of patrolled the gates around the base. And he was the the center of it all. And we cut deals with everybody else to, to rat on him. And he finally came in and, and he had a confession and that went along with a plea deal. And one of the quotes that came out during his conversation with the judge in the case where he had to, to plead guilty and explain why he was guilty was the confirmation that he said this, it made me 200% more vigilant and shit. That's what he said to the judge about why he was using marijuana on the job while patrolling the base. And that guy got, I think, 18 months in jail for that. I mean, that's the extent of the drug distribution. Yeah, that's kind of sad. And drug distribution as a crime in the military is actually a very serious offense by the the, uh, maximum punishment that you could face. You could actually face a significant amount, I think 10 years for a drug distribution offense, which like Andy said, could be as simple as I 
got the drugs and then I shared them with my friends. It does not have to be an exchange of money or exchange of anything. It can just be a gratis free exchange of drugs. Okay. Marijuana included. So yes, we, I don't know if we should be ashamed of ourselves, but we did put people in jail for using marijuana one time. So this kind of leads me to one of my questions that I always ask myself is, do I feel guilty for prosecuting people in that context? And it's, it's like such a two-sided coin though, because on one hand you've got marijuana is illegal and everybody in the military knows it. And it is, it is a very invasive drug. If you're smoking it or eating it, I mean, you know what you're doing most of the time. It's not something yes. you're going to accidentally. accidentally no. Exactly. But so you know how bad it is in that you were told that you can't do it. And you but, agreed because you signed a contract. Yeah, that's right. On the other hand, it's this most harmful of all intoxicants. We deal with terrible issues with alcohol in the military and the demonic things that it leads some people to do. And, you know, we don't address that at all. Marijuana is typically a very peaceful drug with very little uh, risk factor in it. So it's like totally harmless, but also totally illegal. Yeah. I I mean, yes. And in the military, you have to think about this. This is what always crosses my mind in terms of getting caught, because it's one thing to do a drug. It's another thing to get caught. I was in the military for four years, four years. I never once was drug tested. It's random. Okay. So I was never chosen. Maybe they just thought that I looked innocent. Maybe they just believed that I was law abiding. I don't know, but I never got selected. So I could have been using drugs, I guess at any point I did not, but I I never was tested. So the people who are caught, let's contemplate the likelihood of just a bad coincidence or chronic drug users, because there's a real weird phenomenon that goes on. If this is the first and only time you ever use drugs and but then you were randomly those, tested, think about how, how unlucky many of are the you? Cases we had where <laughs> oh, no, the every person, person just, but it would be so low claims. Oh, I mean, and the, that's another thing we can talk about is the level of drugs that are in your system. I, I, I always tell people because obviously at this point we don't prosecute cases, we defend them. So we have lots of people call about drug cases and it's sometimes the topic of conversation is my levels were low. Okay. What does that mean? Does that mean you didn't do a lot of the drug? Maybe. Or does it just mean that they tested you three days, later. you know, enough in advance or enough in, a, in the future that it dissipated out of your system. At some point, everyone's levels are low. After you use the drug, it doesn't mean you didn't do it. it mean I mean, that, that's what it was. At when it <laughs> yeah. Left it your means body. that's where you were on the day they tested you. But I mean, conversely, if you have astronomical levels of something, then that's going to be more difficult to defend, of course. So yes, it, it's a sort of relevant factor, but it doesn't mean anything. And I mean, the coincidence of one time making a mistake and using drugs and then having a random test done on you. Oof. It's looking a little shady. Yeah, but you see these people. They, I mean, I believe a history it. Of always being How did clean. I never get I tested? Too. Seriously. I, I never, not that. once. Never, not once. Yeah. I was tested, but like later in my military career and then multiple times in mm. a row. And I never had, Problem a, child. And I never had any concern about it <laughs> because like I said, when I, when you're in the military, you know how, forbidden it is. Right. Exactly. Drugs. I, I think I, mean, I wasn't on their list. That doesn't make any sense. Like even random selection doesn't even make sense, but yeah, these people are really rolling the dice by taking a chance of using any drug, any controlled substance 
because you can get pulled in at any given moment and compelled to, to take a urinalysis. Okay. So we've gone from there to dispensaries are one of the few things that remain open in a government shutdown. Right. That it's not only open, but it's, it's an essential function of survival of of society. They're like, you can have your mail. You can see a doctor and you can get high. Yeah, I would, I would say moving to California and leaving the military changed my attitude towards marijuana. Well, and I, th- I think a lot of people are split on the issue, but clearly the government of California is not split. Very, very as- astounding applause for marijuana. It keeps the public calm, I guess. Yeah, I think there's like, I mean, to the pros and cons, I don't know. I'm not going to debate like the physiological effects of it. I think it can make people a little lazy, honestly. Like, I mean, really, truly, I do not understand people that are chronic users. I know a lot of people that are and they're great, whatever. I couldn't be me because I don't see how you could be motivated to be forward moving if you're really in that state all the time. Maybe you can, I don't know. And there's lots of great benefits for other anxiety, things of this sort. So I don't, I don't have any judgment about it, but I do wonder about the productivity you're biased i think because you'd prefer a glass of wine over a A bottle of of wine yes that's correct a a bottle of wine over a joint hey different strokes for different folks right right. so So, that's all i'm saying you've got a little bias towards it my i i don't think that it's harmful and i think that it's quite pleasant the problem and generally very safe the problem i have is we can't test people for it when they're in dangerous situations so one of the biggest arguments against the legalized legalization of marijuana is our inability to prevent people from doing dangerous things when they're on it, like driving. And I want to say that I think that it's very dangerous to be driving while high. The You're just slow. You're slow on everything. You're slow on your thoughts. Sometimes you're introspective and you're taking time before you're making a critically very quick decision. I think it's very dangerous to have people driving while high and not have an ability for us under the law to be able to test for it, really. There's no reliable way to test someone to see if they were high while driving. Right. And that and that brings up a good point, because I think a lot of people are confused about the fact that they see the, there's these signs on the freeway that says, drive high and get a DUI. And I always think maybe, but probably not. because If, if you confess. If you confess, because they cannot... They don't have a reliable way to say you're at this level and there's not a level cutoff. I don't believe under the law at this point, it's like if you're under the influence and doing something dangerous, then that's considered DUI because yeah, generally speaking, right. You can get a DUI if you're just, if you had one sip of an alcoholic beverage and you did something unlawful driving wise, that's not, you don't have to be at a certain BAC level. You don't have to be at a 0.08. That's one way to get a DUI. The other way is to just be under the influence yeah. of something and be driving Very, very, almost impossible to prove as a prosecutor that somebody was acting a certain way because they were intoxicated if they're below a legal limit. But it is a way under the law to Usually you'll get people. charged with both, both variations. Yeah, so the only way really under the law to, to catch someone, ticket them, prosecute them, for driving while high would be if they get them to confess, which leads me to one of my favorite Instagram uh, lawyer people to follow the uh, pop brothers at law, the guys who are like, shut the fuck up. If you get pulled over, 
all you need to do is just not say anything. And I think it's a great message that people don't appreciate and they've done a good job of advertising that. That's the only way under the law that you're going to get busted for driving while high under really any con- way I can think of. Right. Which I mean, makes it very dangerous. As we know, plenty of people do not shut the fuck up. They love to talk. It doesn't matter how persuasive you are, how sympathetic you are. Just shut the fuck up. That's truly the best advice. It really is. But if you're innocent. (laughs) But if you're innocent, surely you can just explain the situation to this kind officer. I'm sure that he'll, he'll be very understanding. No, never. And don't. So, I mean, but whatever, people will never listen. And it's, it's a very natural human instinct to want to defend yourself. It's very natural. Fight the feeling, just be quiet, call a lawyer. It will be okay. Yeah. It is the best advice. Absolutely the best advice. Okay. So that's my best argument against marijuana. Is it, is that compelling that because people could be driving while high, it should be illegal? Um, yeah, but luckily during the quarantine, it's not a factor. Not a risk. It shouldn't be going anywhere. Where are you driving? The grocery store, I guess. I know these people are going out a lot. Like out of, I haven't empty. been in my car for three days. I, I felt, haven't I actually had to move it today. Just it felt weird down right? the driveway <laughs> and it felt weird. I felt like I was going too far. I went, I drove to our mailbox yesterday. It's not in front of my house. Don't judge me. It's a little bit further away. And, um, I did feel like a little bit weird. Like I was. I was like not out, like sure of out myself. The, the outbreak. <laughs> yeah, like I was gonna get it feels stopped like by the Gestapo. Um, okay, so can police uh, enforce the the current restrictions? I yes, but I believe that, and God only knows I haven't watched the news for like an hour. Things always change every second. But I, I, it is a criminal statute. I mean, you can be imprisoned. But the governor said something like they didn't anticipate having the police enforce it. They're just hoping and wishing and begging and pleading that we would just be so kind to follow. Yeah, which is all well and good when you're talking about the, the people. Right. You need to about. have the it's police. businesses. Oh, the businesses. I mean, this office. is terrible. That's that, true. Uh, this is going to devastate businesses. Anybody who's, who needs the income to be able to cover their overhead in a month that, yeah, you know, just a basic something like something to come close to it. If you can't have that, what they're are you not going to be able to, to survive. I mean, I mean it's just, and it was so sudden it. and it was without any warning, any chance for preparation. So when you talk that's about the problem. these limitations, it's not the random guy walking down the street that might be going to his buddy's house that has 10 people in it. That's not going to get enforced. What's going to get enforced are the businesses, especially the small businesses that are trying to still earn a buck. I know it's, and I, it's awful. It really is. It's just like, I can't get over how quickly everything turned on a dime because what, I mean, we sl- we sort of heard about the virus, of course, and then I had no idea this was even possible, honestly. I, I, I think about it, I contemplate it as I'm walking around my house repeatedly over and over and over again, and I'm like, wow, is this, a- this is bizarre. It, I mean, it's really, truly bizarre. It was just suddenly and completely a turn of events. Everything was flipped upside down, and that's what's weird. But yeah, I do feel really bad about businesses and about people that are just left with no solutions to all of these 
unanswered questions. Well, no concern for the the pot stores because yeah. they, their business is through the roof. That's what the article on ABC. Through the roof. Yeah, Can you imagine? Making, I mean, they've what? got lines down the street with social distancing in those lines. Well, I mean, that would you be gotta... necessary. A very thoughtful uh, group of of patrons. Um, so that takes us back to in quarantine. Is marijuana the right choice? For it's probably the right choice for a lot of people. I mean. Truly, well, people should be working. Some people are working, supposedly. No, the only, it's supposedly, or from their home. How are you, at the same, that's another are, story. Here's what people How are, are doing. Really people are working people? from the same table, the same kitchen table they're working from is where their kids are homeschooling from. Of course. And it's just chaos. It's, Beyond. It's chaos. I mean, and it's like, I, I, I think it's cute, maybe, like even this, the most naive sort of thing, like expecting productivity like that. I, I don't even know. It just seems, but it is. I mean, to, to a degree, it's very heartwarming. It's do? kind of like it's. It is it's like it, the olden days. I said that the other day. It's like Little House on the Prairie. Like there you are. You're you're doing your work. It would be and hard, kids are there, right? Doing like their just work, getting it done or doing what you can. Just doing what we have to. Yeah, I mean, it is so dramatically different than anything that we all were used to. Well, maybe not us. And we're all surviving. Well, I think not all so. of us actually. Some of your your Facebook mom groups, there are, people are losing it. I mean, maybe this is where the marijuana comes in. People are, are losing people it. Yeah, that's a good on point. The, on the verge, smoke little smoke things. some or a lot of marijuana when you want to commit a murder of your spouse or children, and just let it set in. People, see how it goes. Are going to get murderous. I'm. Murderous? They're just, they're just getting obnoxious. I have no idea. That's an interesting perspective. I mean, we all we all know the jokes now about the divorce rates. I I definitely can see the writing on the wall with that. I mean, who in their right mind would have like expected to be thrust into this situation and not signed up for it? I mean, we signed up for it, and even then, it's a it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. I have to travel. I'm good. I mean, I'm actually, I feel like now, I, I love being well, here's here the and thing. I love being around you sometimes. Pl I'll plug for myself. I think I'm a really good person to be quarantined with. I, I cook every meal. I'm really funny. <laughs> I, I'm just nice. I don't know. Um, so I can't imagine somebody being annoyed with me. Just kidding. This is all just, just to let Andy respond. Go ahead. It's a great sales pitch. I mean, it is fantastic. But what more you want? And the meals, they're through the roof. And the company, it's the best. And a glass of wine with Katie, it is as good as what it What more are you looking for? Until, it, until you just hit a point. And then there's a point, and then that's <laughs> it. And then and then if that person's still there after that point, it's going to be a very difficult remaining evening and next yeah. day or next three days. Well, cause once you, because once you cross that yeah. line over, when someone annoys you, generally, then Anything they do annoys you. It doesn't matter so, how good the food is. No, it doesn't matter anything. Like that's the problem is once you've, once you've decided that someone's under your skin, their existence annoys you. They cannot breathe correctly. They cannot blink correctly. Nothing they do will be pleasing to and you. And I think marijuana at the end of the day so, comes all full circle around here because those little annoying things become so much less annoying with the drug. Yeah, just just blunt it down a little bit. Again, no pun intended, but <laughs> a little blunted emotion. <laughs> I'm not even good. a punster. I mean, I honestly, a I honestly punster. like kind of hate myself for even using them. But it was like it fell into my lap. I had to say it. But truly, you know, any sort of blunted emotions, 
probably not the worst idea in these times. We'll see. That's right. Well, hopefully no blunted emotions uh, listening to our show tonight. Until next time, we are Legally Bound. <laughs>